Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad Podcast. My name is Mike Keenitz, and today I'm interviewing Richard Kodis, who is the owner and CEO of Sleep Ovation Mattresses, and we are going to be talking about common fact or fictions about mattresses in general. So without further ado, here is Richard. Well, welcome back to the program, Richard. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Mike. Well, glad to be back. So you are the CEO and owner of Sleep Ovation, correct? Yes, that's correct. And today we are going to be talking about fact or fiction of mattresses. So my first question is fact or fiction. Firmer mattresses are better for your back and for sleeping. No, I mean, that's a, a big fiction. Um, you know, the, the reason is, is look, people go to firmer mattresses because first the thought was, well, what if mattress is softer? And if you sink into a mattress with a softer mattress, then it's pretty much like spending the day walking hunched over. You're going to wake up with one bad backache. So what's the obvious answer? Well, let's go to a firmer mattress. Now, firmer mattress does keep your spine straight. However, what it doesn't do is it doesn't relieve pressure on when you, if you have a straight spine and you're, if you sleep on the floor, you're going to wake up feeling horrendous. Um, so a firmer mattress is similar in that there's high pressure points on your spine and a firmer mattress isn't going to take off the pressure on those. So it, it, what happens is, is that high pressure points create pain points and you're going to wake up with spots on your back that feel um, terribly painful. Yeah, I used to have a very firm mattress before I got a sleep ovation one and I really couldn't sleep on my back. No, no, you'd wake up with like pain in different spots, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. All right. Next fact or fiction question. Is it true that softer mattresses are better for your back and for sleeping? No. And, and I sort of alluded to this and the softer mattress creates the exact opposite problem. A firm mattress keeps your spine straight. That's great. However, it creates high pressure points. A softer mattress, you know, that creates what we would call the hammock effect. Your back sort of bows and it, it's very similar. You, you might feel comfortable at first, but it would be very similar to walking around the whole day with your back hunched over. What you're going to end up doing is waking up in horrific pain also. Uh, you might fall asleep quicker because it feels softer, but think about how you'd feel all day with your back hunched over. I mean, I can show you, um, you know, if we take, I, I put little samples here together. Um, so this is a conventional mattress with a, you know, soft foam. And you can see what happens if you just sink into this. Um, it's hard to put it up in front of the TV, but I'll get it here. You know, if, if you sink into this, you're going to create a hammock effect. And that's where the foam bends and your spine doesn't stay aligned. And, uh, you know, you, you're going to have that hunched over feeling. A hard mattress creates the opposite problem. Your, your spine is now straight in the line, similar to how you, you are when you're walking upright, and that's great. But if you have high pressure points, um, then you're going to wake up not feeling good. You know, I, I, I just brought, I mean, this is a cutout of our mattress. And the beauty here is that you press on an individual point, it takes the pressure off that point without you know, creating this hammock effect. All these others don't sink in at the same time. 
So, um, and you know, that stems a little from this concept of individual, individual springs and individual cushion elements. Um, so no part of your back, every part of your back, every part of your spine is isolated from other areas. We don't create a hammock effect and we don't supply extra pressure. So we keep the spine straight. Um, but yet we reduce the pressure at, at, at critical points on your back. And, uh, so bottom line, you sleep softly, you sleep longer, you sleep easier, you sleep more comfortable. You don't have those pressure points. So fiction. Softer mattress is no good, and a harder mattress is no good. I mean, they're, you know, you could argue what what do you get, but then you need some new technology. That's the bottom line. Sure, it's like a newer hybrid. So, did you you created this concept, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I've been in the mattress game for thirty years. I mean, there's a good chance of you're sleeping on it. I mean, I I hold I don't know the count now thirty forty I think forty patents. Jeez. Um, there's a good chance of you're sleeping on it. You're sleeping on one of my patents for good or bad. I mean, don't, don't think of me if it's a bad night. <laughs> it's a good night's sleep. You, you can think of it. All right. Uh, next factor fiction question. Mattress technology has never been better and we are seeing the best mattress tech yet. Um, so this is also a major fiction. I mean, mattress technology for the most part, you know, mattresses were patented. I can show you this because I actually printed them out for this. Um, and this stuff's going to look similar to what you're sleeping on. This is a mattress. This is a, this is a patent from 1885. This is a patent from 1940, almost 82 years ago, showing zoned and showing pressure release points. I mean, the bottom line is that mattresses have predominantly stayed very similar. They're springs. And there's foam on top. Um, sometimes there's cushioning on top other than foam. But the big problem that has presented itself ever since the 1860s, when these things started being patented, is that sheet foam, which is, that's since the 1940s, 1950s. Um, before that, it was cotton, by the way. But sheet foam layers are not great to sleep on. Whether you put them on top of springs, whether you have a giant foam mattress, I mean, the problem with sheet foam layers is that they create a hammock effect. So your whole spine just sort of curves. If they're made super firm, like you say, a firm mattress, then, then it creates high pressure points. But by the same token, you know, if, if you look at something like this, this is sheet foam, it's going to sleep hot. You're going to go in here and foam is a great insulator. It has thousands of air pockets, but the air pockets retain heat. So you're going to sleep on this and you're going to end up sleeping hot. Um, I mean, one of the big things we did in changing this technology, um, one was creating the individual cushion elements so that we leave the pressure points. But another big element is we create these air channels. So you don't sleep hot anymore. Air circulates around you while you're sleeping and you don't sleep hot. So... The reason that 99% of the technology you see out there is built off the same technology that's been around 80 years, 100 years, 150 years. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on having advanced this technology. Are there any really other companies that have advanced it? I mean, there have been advancements. Um, so Tempur-Pedic 
came out with um, memory foam. Well, actually not Tempur-Pedic. NASA came out with memory foam. Um, it was done in the 1960s for, um, uh, for space travel, uh, specific parts of increasing comfort in space travel. And Tempur-Pedic put it out and they have their memory foam mattress. And memory foam, you know, the, the idea of memory foam is, is that as you press into it, it takes, it takes, it, it relieves those individual pressure points. It takes, a, you know, it, it, it's um, pressure relieving foam is another name for it. Here are the problems. Although it relieves those pressure points, it takes what's called a memory set. So now if you change positions, guess what? It still has the same form. So that's one huge problem. So that now makes you toss and turn more than 80 times a night. I mean, that the average, I think, I think what's the average tossing and turning on a mattress? 60 to 80 times a night. Um, so one of the reasons you do that is because there's, uh, you know, you try to get to a new position, you move to a new position, you're uncomfortable because the mattress isn't responding. So here you have this new technology that came along that helped relieve pressure points, but then became hotter and had a memory set, so it didn't adjust to you changing position. So the answer is yes and no. I mean, most of it, you'll see a lot of stuff out there um, advertising a hybrid, great new hybrid. What the hell's a hybrid? Hybrids of spring and foam with a new name. It's the same technology, 80 years old. Um, so most of it, I would say probably 95% of what you, you face in the mattress industry are marketing gimmicks and marketing fictions. What about uh, my parents used to have a waterbed in the 90s? What do you think of those? Yeah, I mean, other than putting, you know, hundreds of gallons of potentially leaking fluid there. Um, I mean, the one thing waterbeds don't do, I mean, they're, they're pretty terrible at is motion isolation. One person gets down and the other one goes up and down. Then they tried making channels to get rid of that. It still creates, you know, doesn't help motion isolation. Um, there were temperature issues. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, they're sort of cool. I mean, for the old, but really didn't address the primary um, problems in sleeping, which is keep the spine aligned, reduce spot pressure points, reduce motion isolation. Um, but it, it is sort of fun to jump on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure as a kid, you loved it. Yeah, that's what we used to do on it. Uh, yeah, they got rid of theirs before it. the bladder broke, they called it, because our neighbor's bladder broke, and it leaked everywhere. <laughs> oh, they, my God. Well, that was, just... a whole, that was a whole separate issue, whether you flooded your bedroom. Uh, but, yeah, and, and, and then there were, there were some houses that didn't have the structural integrity to support something that literally could weigh, you know, thousands of pounds because you had this water, and there were people that had their floor sagging. Um, whole bunch of stuff happening because of them. Yeah, sure. I, I expect that. I'm, I'm guessing that's why they're not uh, really for sale anymore. You know, I mean, they changed their name. They became gel beds. So oh. they basically took water components, put in a um, something that helped emulsify it and created less fluid flow and stuff. But it's it's not a technology that I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it just, just dawned on me when we were talking about mattresses. And then you had it. And remember, too, water's a great thermal sink. So if your room happened to be hot, the water was hot. So then you had to create components to try to cool or heat the water. I mean, it, it was really not a technology that um, uh, 
yeah, it's not a technology for this era. Sure. All right. Next question. Fact or fiction? Our body follows the sunrise and sunset to fall asleep and wake up. It is because of physical lights in our bedroom. No. So, I mean, one of the, you know, look, obviously you can't sleep in bright sunlight. Um, but the principal wake up mechanism um, is temperature. So if, if you measure precisely somebody's temperature just before they wake, you're going to see the temperature start to come up. That's the body's way of waking you up. So this brings us to a major problem with mattresses, that if a mattress sleeps hot, guess what? You're going to have problems sleeping on. It. It's the same reason you have problems sleeping, you know, non-air conditioned house in a hot summer day. You're going to have a miserable night's sleep. The reason isn't because of the the reason isn't because of lights or dark. It's because the temperature is constantly triggering your wake up mechanism. So you need a mattress that sleeps cool, that has airflow. I mean, that was one of our focuses. We need a mattress that has the ability to let you sleep cooler because of the airflow. Because, I mean, we've been bedded air channels. I mean, it's part of this pull the sample up. I mean, this design, these air channels allow air to keep flowing around you and keep sleeping cool. That's the problem with memory foam mattresses. That's the problem with any foam sheet foam mattress other than ours. Um, I mean, you'll see in latex beds, you'll see even in memory foam beds where they punch a lot of holes in them now with the idea to create, you know, some level of air in there that causes relief. The problem is it's not any real airflow. I mean, it helps, but it's not, it's not a panacea. You'll also see mattresses that use um, phase change materials and they try to put in what are called phase change materials in the in the foam or in the or in the cover. And what a phase change material, it's similar to how ice works. When ice melts, you feel cold because it's changing phase and simple law of physics as something changes phase, it absorbs a tremendous amount of heat. The problem is that once it changes phase, it doesn't come back. So you'll get on a phase change mattress for the first 30 minutes and it'll feel cool and it'll warm up and then it stays that way. It can't keep changing phase without having a major power input. If you could, you wouldn't need air conditioners. You know, it's the same air conditional principles work on phase change, same thing, but they require a lot of energy to keep, keep refreshing that phase change. Um, that's the problem with a phase change metric. It's a gimmick for the first hour, but then you'll still wake up. It'll still trigger the wake up mechanism. So your problems waking up are not from sunlight, are not from, uh, you know, quiet music, et cetera. It's mostly due to temperature based. Yeah, I think I was reading the uh, optimal temperature people should sleep at is 60 to 67 degrees. So if your mattress yeah. is retaining heat and your room's already warmer than that, you're just going to get hotter yet. Yeah, I mean, well, think about it. I mean, so I sleep very cool. I mean, I, mean, I you know, my wife hates it. You know, I mean, I, I try to set the temperature around 62, 63. Um, but, you know, your body, 98, 99, guess where all that heat's going? If you have a thermal insulator, which is your mattress, and that's just, that's just going to keep reflecting back you know, 98 degree temperature. So I don't care what your room temperature is. If your mattress isn't, isn't finding a way to dissipate that heat, uh, you're going to have issues. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I get really warm. I have a 
I should tell my friend he his mattress is a sweaty mess. It's kind of gross. <laughs> oh well, that that brings up the whole second uh, you know set of you know what's happening when you're sweating in a mattress. But we'll leave that for another question. I guess. Yeah, we ha- I think our next question gets into that. So, is it fact or fiction if someone cleans their sheets every two weeks, they shower right before bed, and make their bed as soon as they wake up, their bed is super clean? Yeah, so we'll 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 lay it at that above the mattress might be super clean, but it's a fiction in that you know. Let's say what if I, if I recall, uh, a human body sheds roughly eight pounds of dead skin cells a year. Okay, um, is that all getting trapped in the sheets? No, some's moving into the mattress. Um, you know, just feel the mattress afterwards, take a look at a mattress after a couple of months. Um, so you're spending a third of your life on a mattress. If you were spending a third of your life in the same clothes, how often would you wash? Them? Some people wash them once a day. Um, some people, you know, at least several times a week, but yet you're ignoring what's happening with the mattress. Um, so that's why we've made the covers on the mattress removable and washable. And I would tell you, I don't care what mattress you buy, get one with a removable washable cover or, you know, you've got basically an unhealthy situation developing. And it just gets worse over time. I mean, it it doesn't look if you saw a mattress on the street, you know, somebody puts out, you look at it and go, you know, it gives you the shivers. Yet you have no problem constantly sleeping on that same mattress um, day in and day out. So. I mean, it's a it's a big fiction. One of one of the things you have to do is at least remove the cover and clean the mattress. Yeah, it's, clean the mattress cover. Yeah, your guys zip off. It's kind of nice. Yeah, no, it, it's look. Reason mattress covers aren't removable up to now was it was just part of the manufacturing how they were made. They were made with what was called a tape edge machine, and the top is sewn around. And that form of manufacturing is great for making a mattress, but it's not great for keeping a mattress clean and, uh, you know, clean and safe. I'll I'll use the word safe sort of in quotes, but at least clean um, as you go forward. It's, uh, you know, it's, again, you're spending a third of your life on this. Um, Can you imagine, you know, wearing the same underwear for years and years without washing it? I mean, come on. I mean, now, look, you could put a vinyl sheet on top of your mattress and that would guarantee it stays clean. But then you're going to sleep incredibly hot and uncomfortable. So, I mean, the key to a mattress is to have airflow. If there's airflow, guess what? Things are air's coming up, but things are going down and you better find a way to make sure you can clean this mattress. Yeah, I my old mattress and I got rid out of it, rid of it. I didn't realize how dirty it was until I pulled the covers off it. And, and if you cut it, I mean, this is even, you know, grosser. One of the grossest things you can ever do is slice through a mattress to see what really was happening. <laughs> no matter That's how true. gross that cover looked, that foam inside is like, oh, my God. I mean, so, so understand the principle of foam is that in order for foam to be spongy, it has all these pockets, you know, literally millions of, of air pockets. Well, guess what? Air pockets, you know, become catches for everything that's flowing from your body down into that mattress. And if you look at that in a year or two, if you cut open a mattress and take a look at that foam, what it's harboring in there, it's not, it's not a pretty sight. 
Yeah. All right, next Factor Fiction question. Uh, my mattress from the factory store is sparkling clean and harmless. So, yeah, you know, it's a fiction. Um, so, and, and, and it's a fiction for a different reason. So, it can, it can be clean. I, sh I shouldn't say. Not all mattresses, in the, you know, that you buy are harmless. I mean, are, are harmful. However... If you don't know where this mattress has come from, if the source of materials, I mean, so let's, and, and I'm not picking on China and I'm not picking on Malaysia, but if a, if a mattress comes from there, do you have a, do you know where those materials have been, what they've been through? Um, if they contain flame retardants, if they contain components that are not certified, um, and the problem with a lot of imports is even though they're certified, it's fake certification. I've seen Green Guard certified on stuff. I've seen um, CertiPure foams that really never were certified. So, you know, first off, in this day and age, I would not ever buy a mattress that wasn't 100% sourced and manufactured in the U.S. Uh, look, there's plenty of good mattresses that are manufactured and sourced in the U.S., but if you're taking a mattress that, you know, says assembled in the U.S., well, guess what? If they don't say made in the USA, then they're using foreign components. If they're using foreign components, you better be very sure about the supply chain and how those components are sourced, where they're sourced from, and what they're made from. Um, and I would be not comfortable with a mattress that's sourced outside the U.S., um, re regardless of what their certifications are, because the certifications are really all questionable at that point. So I would tell anybody buying a mattress, if you want it to be a fact that this mattress is safe, it better be 100% sourced and made in the U.S. Yeah, I wouldn't. But, I wouldn't take Canada out of that equation. So yeah, I could say the same for Canada, sourced or but sourced or manufactured north of Mexico. Yeah, I'm sure these other countries all have different requirements for certification. So I'm guessing that's how they kind of get a loophole into the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the U.S. We don't. We don't. Re there's there's two requirements, literally, only two requirements for mattresses that adult mattress in the U.S. And it's what's called 1633 and 32. Those are flame tests. So even if it's an imported mattress, it has to be tested in the U.S. to meet those qualifications. So that's good. So if you have a mattress you're buying in the U.S. with a proper law tag, then you're going to know it's past 1632 and 1633. I can also tell you stories about imported mattresses that haven't passed those, even though they've said it. So, so that's great. But no other, no other standards are required. Um, so, so this mattress can be made of a foam that basically is outgassing, uh, stuff that's incredibly harmful to you. It can be made of adhesives that, you know, you wouldn't use outdoors, more or less sleep on it for eight hours a day. So there are no U.S. certification requirements that this mattress needs to meet. So you have to be then on your own diligent to know that, okay, I want glues that are green guard. 
meaning that they have no VOC outsourcing. I want foams that are CertiPure, meaning they don't have components like formaldehyde in there. But you also have to be sure that the certifications are real. If you get in an, you know, an imported mattress, um, even though it may say these certifications, they may not be real. I mean, I know some, a, a company that was, believe it or not, making infant crib mattresses that was stopped because they were found to have phony certification of the flame test. I mean, if you can believe that somebody can just go ahead and do that, um, but they did that. And, you know, it was a it was a foreign mattress and it was, you know, nobody. You know, they just stamp it on there and the, and the regulations are pretty easy and the penalties are minor. So people will take in, you know, a mattress from Joe Blow country and market us, you know, put on a law tag and say it's been tested. It's been tested. When they finally, you know, when when they finally get questioned on it, if they ever do, guess what? They never had legitimate certification. So they stop making that and bring in another one. Sure. I never it, knew so much about mattresses. Yeah, it's actually a you know sort of boring subject. But again, <laughs> if, if you're spending, can you imagine anything else that you would spend a third of your life on and you wouldn't question it? You know, you would just sort of blindly go, oh, it has a nice printed cover. Okay, I'll spend a third of my life on that because I like the way it looks. I mean, it gets sort of crazy. And there have been proposals for years to certify, you know, get a, more regulations. But, you know, we're in sort of a, a world where people don't like regulations, and I get that. But by the same token, if you don't, you know, then so then it's buyer beware. And that's what the mattress market is buyer beware yeah i would before i had this sleep ovation mattress i was just bought whatever seemed right or reasonably priced and i will admit that i didn't i was young so i didn't you know care as much i was frugal with my money but yeah it uh, i realized how when you finally get a good mattress the huge difference i just thought they were all the same i even filmed bob brad for like a year before i had one and i just thought it was some like gimmicky thing i'm like whatever and then like once i got it i was like oh and my I mean, girlfriend was super happy too she hated our old mattress well i mean can you imagine if if somebody if if you spent your day walking around in a brace that curved your back how would you feel i mean it, it's sort of crazy i mean again i point out you know average eight hours a day you're spending on this and it should probably be other than your girlfriend, your most important decision you make over the over over the year as to, you know, for your health and wellness. I mean, look, obviously, you don't want to put bad things in. You know, you don't want to eat. You want to eat well and everything else. But it is amazing how little effort people put at it. And, and, and then we suffer from the other problem in buying a mattress that it's an industry full of a ton of noise. You have 300, 400 manufacturers. And everybody will say, we sleep that we sleep the best, you sleep. So how do you, in fairness to a consumer, how do you separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak? There's just, it's just too much noise. Everybody says we sleep cooler. Everybody, you know, there's no regulation to say, what does that mean? Our mattress sleeps the coolest. Our mattress does this. Our mattress does that. So everybody says, oh, okay. So it becomes, unfortunately, it becomes... you know, a game for a consumer to try to figure out, to try to navigate. It's like a giant minefield. Yeah. I, I, my last mattress I bought, I didn't know a thing. I just went to Slumberland and asked them, like, I I didn't know anything. 
And you have a mattress salesman who basically is telling you to buy that mattress because guess what? They have the best margin or he gets some kind of um, best incentive deal. I mean, that's his job. He's a salesman. Mm-hmm. But it, it, none of it's based on any on any fact. Yeah, it's just off commission. Yeah. All right. Next fact or fiction question. It is not illegal to remove the mattress tag. Well, that's our first fact. You know, people people sit there with those tags going says, "Oh, I can't remove it." And we've changed our wording on on those tags now. It said, "Except by consumer." So there, the tag required on a mattress is again one is it's called the law tag. It tells you that the you know manufacturer uh, has passed sixth of the flammability testing. It's also required to tell you what's in the mattress, so that if it's recycled foam, new foam, whatever. But once you see that, yeah, you can cut it off. Um, and uh, yeah, there's no reason to have these giant white tags sticking out the end unless unless you want to. But feel free to cut it off. It's a, it is a fiction that this can't be removed, that you're going to go to jail if you cut the tag off. Cut the tag off. Is that ever once a law or no? So it, it was always a law that said this tag's not to be removed because 95% of, at the time, 100% of mattresses were sold in stores. Um, so people saw, oh, we can't remove this tag. And it finally found, it was never required not to be removed by the consumer. And it wasn't probably till the last 10 or 20 years where we added on those tags that said, except by consumer. Because once, once mattresses started selling, especially outside of, uh, brick and mortar stores, then, you know, there was less, less reason to say, don't remove this. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how that law developed over the years, but, um, it was one of the funnier things that said people would never remove it. And they thought, you know, if they cut it off in their house, police would come in and arrest them. That was never part of the law, but the law was except, you know, was that it can't be removed except by consumers. Yeah, I remember sitcoms used to make jokes on that. Oh, yeah, for Back sure. In the people, day. And people were, people, look, I remember in the early days in this industry, consumers thought that they were never allowed to take that off. They'd bring this mattress home and, you know, somehow that if they took off those tags, they'd risk arrest. Never. That was always a huge fiction, but it, it made for good, good late night <laughs> uh, TV sitcom shows, I guess. Yeah. All right. Next factor fiction. Good mattresses are way too expensive. Look, it, it goes back to the old story of, you know, you get what you, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, you are way too expensive. I would tell you that that's, that's a fiction. I mean, relative to um, what you spend on other goods and stuff. No. However, Here's the here's the the qualifier to that. Um, if you buy a two hundred dollar mattress, you're going to get what you paid for, which is garbage. It's going to be you know you can't make mattresses that are super cheap um, and sell them in the U.S. So it has to be a foreign source mattress. Um, it might have a good pretty covering, but I wouldn't trust a single thing that's inside of it. So yes, the answer is you have to pay. Uh, you know, there, there is a level above you, you have to pay. Um, you're going to want to make sure that every component is every, 
you know, you're going to want to see the following things on the labels. Green Guard certified, Certa Pure, Oki Text, which certifies material, you know, fabric. I mean, all of those are important considerations. You want top level components in there. Also, um, you know, foams themselves. Foams, uh, a good quality mattress is going to have high density foam, meaning it's going to weigh more per square foot than or per cubic foot. Um, cheaper foams, you know, guess what's going to happen? Two years are going to break down because they just don't have the density. They, they're not made of quality components. Um, so I guess way too expensive is a fiction, but it is a fact that it has to be expensive enough. You're not buying an under thousand dollar mattress that has any quality to it. I mean, that's the simple reality. Um, and, and you'll tell if you get it, get it home and you'll know in five minutes that this is a, you know, it's got cheaper fabric. It's got cheaper foam. It's got questionable components. If it comes from overseas, don't even take it home. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but you're, you're not going to be able to buy an under thousand dollar mattress that, that you want to keep. Um, and under $500 mattresses are for the most part, hundred percent sourced overseas. Most under thousand are too. Um, and you know, as we've discussed, that's not where you want to, I mean, you're, you're putting your health on the line. You're putting your health at risk with that. I mean, think about it. If, if, if the foam is outgassing volatile organic compounds and your nose is in this mattress for eight hours at night, do you think that's good for your lungs? Do you think that's good for any other part of your respiratory system or your circulatory system? It's not a good idea. I wouldn't do it. What are the, what are the chemicals they put in that that are so different? I mean, so ones you would know, um, things like formaldehyde. Oh. Uh, formaldehyde, which is a known carcinogen, has been a component in foams for years. Um, cheaper foams, for sure. Overseas foams, for sure. Um, volatile organic compounds, you know, um, you, you've probably seen that you don't want to buy paints that have VOCs on them, in them. But yet, again, these foam components are going to have, that are of unknown origin, can have a high level of volatile organic compounds. One of the things that, you know, CertiPure USA, which is a certification, measures is those. Um, you do not want to, you know, would you, you, you almost get it sometimes when you, you, you get a cheap product, open it up, and it smells, especially yeah. foam component. Guess what? If you're smelling it, it's out. It's outgassing something that you don't want to be smelling. I mean, that's the bottom line. Your nose is, you know, sensitive to parts per million, and this is stuff you just don't want to be breathing in, absorbing through the skin. However, other methods of, you know, um, absorption. I mean, most of it is from breathing it in, but you can also get a skin absorption. Um, if the, if the fabrics on the mattress are of questionable content and origin, they can be sprayed with components, fungicides and stuff that you just don't want to have in contact with your skin. That's why I, you know, we would never use a fabric that wasn't what's called Okitex 100 certified, meaning that every component doesn't have any toxic components to it. 
But again, and if nothing else, if, if anybody listening to this takes nothing else out of this, do not buy a mattress that comes from overseas. I wouldn't do it. I don't care what they're telling you and what their certifications are. Unless you know that supply chain and you're able to follow it and you know every person in there is legitimate, you'd be crazy to do it. I have a different random question. Do uh, like mattress storerooms fronts, do they sometimes have different mattresses on display than what they sell or do they just put new ones up all the time? So there, there's, there's a little bit of that. Um, it's hard to know. Um, you know, um, the model you lie on may not be the model you're buying because who the hell remembers. And also, so, so let's, let's just talk store mattress selling for a bit. Here's the interesting part of that. The average person goes into a mattress store, spends 30 minutes there, purchases a mattress, 30 minutes. Okay. Their, their interface with the mattress is they sit at the end of the mattress, bounce up and down, and then lie back half their body. So it was determined real early on that if you're going to sell people in a store, you have to make the end of that mattress firm. Because otherwise, they're going to sit down, sink down, and go, oh, this isn't really what I want. It goes back to some of this, this, this fiction about, oh, needing a firm mattress and stuff. So the bottom two feet of that mattress in the store is going to be firm. Okay. Probably not the mattress you get home, but that bottom two feet is going to be firm. So in answer to that question, yes, from going into a store, in order to sell you, they're going to have to have a different type of mattress on the floor because you're going to want it to be firmer. Yet, if you took that mattress home and slept on it, you'd be incredibly uncomfortable because it's too firm. It just doesn't, it doesn't you know, translate to what you actually need to sleep. And so it's, you know, I, I don't want to say it's bait and switch. That's not fair. Um, but it's different. <laughs> but that quote. <laughs> in, order, in order to sell a mattress in a store, it has to be different from the one that you actually want to sleep on. And, and that's just the psychology of lying. I mean, here it is. You're going to spend eight hours a day, 365 days a year on this mattress that you're going to sit on for 15 minutes, lie back and say, yep, I think this is right. And you're bounce on it. And that's not the key to sleeping. Um, it, it, you know, it, you know, I, it, it goes to this premise that I'll tell you that you should never, ever, ever consider buying a mattress that you can't sleep on for a hundred days and return, uh, sight unseen, you know, sight unseen, wrong word, return after a hundred days without, you know, any questions asked. Because bottom line, no matter what you do in a store, no matter what you read online, all of that is irrelevant to you taking it home and sleeping on it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I, I remember my old mattress was like that. I was like this, I don't remember it being this hard. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, Bait and switch isn't the right word. I, I guess we could talk it up to marketing or sales that, yeah. you know, there are different floor samples. They're designed slightly different. Um, sometimes you'll even see that they even have things draped over the bottom, you know, that make it look, you know, it's designed for you sitting out in a store, but that's not what you're going to sleep on. Um, and, and plus, how could you possibly ever understand a mattress after 15 or 30 minutes in a store. You can't. 
I mean, it's not, it's, I mean, firstly, you don't sleep in your clothes. You know, I mean, everything about it is wrong. The, the mattress buying experience has always been a little baffling in that, you know, people will rate it as bad as they rate buying a car in that they, they, they don't trust the salesman. They hate the process. They, and, and they're right. I mean, it's just, they're sort of intimidated. You walk in there and the salesman will tell you no, because for whatever reason, you know, whatever you think is wrong and you don't have as much knowledge as he does. So, or she does. And so as a result, it becomes a, you know, tough experience. And that, and that's the bottom line. The bottom line is that that's why we, we basically refuse to put anything in stores because it's nonsense. Um, unless you were into a box store where you just take it off the shelf and that's a different story. If you're going into a mattress store to think you're figuring out a mattress, it's nonsense. The only way to figure out a mattress is to buy it, try it. If it doesn't work out, return. It. And that's sure. why you have to make that process simple, easy. Um, you know, we attempt to make that as nice and easy as it is. Um, and you know, I, I I think you guys have, a, you know, a number of your people that follow you that'll buy our mattresses. And, you know, we're very careful trying to make sure that even though I, I, I hate the process that we have to deliver a mattress, somebody tries it for a hundred days and says, I don't like it. We literally go in there, pick it up for free and pull it out for free to no expense to the customer for the simple reason that if you don't do that, it's, it's the only way to buy a mattress. Everybody has to do that or it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Do your, your one mattress I took apart comes, not took apart, but took out of the box. You guys like get them pretty condensed, don't you? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of a cool process. I mean, we put basically, we take a mattress that's like about 12 inches thick and we literally compress it to, I'm going to say, don't, don't hold me to this, a half an inch and roll it up and put it in a box. Um, it takes about 20,000 pounds of force to do that. Um, but that's how you can take a giant mattress and ship it. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people do it. It's sort of a cool way to do it. Now, the problem, the only problem with this process, it's real easy for us to get it in a box, but once you have it in your house and, you, and it expands, blows up like a balloon, you can't get it back in the box. So that actually becomes an expense of ours. I mean, I'd love, and, we, and we've looked at, believe it or not, we've looked at this problem. It would be great if we could find a way to have customers that could somehow shrink it back down and just toss, you know, ship it back to us. Unfortunately, we can't. So it becomes two men in a truck show up and take it out. If, if you're returning a mattress or if there's a warranty issue, that's how it gets out of there. But it is, it is sort of cool. The first time you open up a mattress and it just goes, it goes from here to, I mean, you know it, yeah. you hear the air blowing in and it, it's compressed. And that, that's one of the beauties of, you know, this design mattress, because we have springs and we have foam and both of those are totally compressible. Sure. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I was just really surprised. I was like, this is it. <laughs> yeah. This is a whole bed. And then, yeah, you know, once you open it up and open it, I'm like, oh, and it, yeah, it expands. It's, it's yeah, we, have, nice. we, have, we have people call our customer service and say, we think you shipped us the wrong thing, <laughs> you know, because it can't. We say, trust us, just, you know, and, you know, just put it where you want it, open it up, and it's going to grow to the right size. So 
on kings and kings and queens, we actually compress it, then we fold it and roll it. So it even looks more bizarre when when you cut it open. It goes first. It goes bam. It opens up and then it expands. Yeah. It's really it, it's it it's what's made the ability to not have you know multiple men in a truck have to deliver it to your house. Although that may sound great, um, especially in a post pandemic world, you want people always trekking through your house, carrying these giant mattresses upstairs, hitting walls. It's a much better process that we have. Um, again, I'd love if we had a way to sort of put it back in the box if we ever need to take it out, but I haven't haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, it's super handy if you have tight quarters. You have to bring your mattress through originally, I should say. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you see, you get a king mattress into some of these rooms that, you know, is, is almost impossible um, uh, you know, the old style. Um, but, and, and plus, you know, in this day and age, I mean, I personally, the less people trekking through my house, the better. Um, you know, I, I don't particularly love having delivery men, you know, walking in my bedroom if I don't have to. Um, but you know, that's, that's a discussion for another day, but I'm just saying in a, in a world where you sort of, you know, everything is now, you worry about all this stuff and people trekking through and germs and everything else. It's just sort of a nicer option. Yeah. All right. Last factor fiction, memory foam mattresses are better mattresses than conventional beds. So that's another giant fiction. Um, so why did memory, you know, I think we alluded to it earlier, 1960s, NASA develops memory foam and, um, you know, it's said, okay, this is going to be great because uh, it's pressure relief, you know, pressure, pressure, pressure. This is what we talk about. You know, memory foam is not going to suffer from the problem. A person lies down and they're going to be able to, you know, it's going to take a, you're going to sort of sink into it nicely and it's going to keep your back somewhat straight, uh, not as straight as ours does, but keep your spine somewhat straight and you know, it's going to conform to you. So that's all great, isn't it? That sounds great. Here's the problem. Memory foam sleeps incredibly hot. Okay. So right off the bat, I've got a mattress that's now not only acting like, because it uses the heat of your body to help create the set. So once it's set and once the heat is in there, it's now retaining that heat. It's going to sort of mold around you and create this nice little heat insulator. Um, so you're going to sleep hot. But the bigger problem, I mean, that's a big problem to begin with. The bigger problem is, is that it takes a while to take that heat set. So now I've got the heat set. Now I turn from my back to my side. Well, guess what? It's got a folded, it's, it's already got a set shape. So how long is it going to now take to have to reorient? It's going to take a while. It's going to take not on the order of seconds. It's going to take on the order of 5, 10, 15 minutes to reset. And so in the meantime, you're not comfortable. So now you're squirming. So now you're moving back and forth and, you know, these, these, um, I monitor my sleep at night with a smartwatch. I hate to say I do that, but I do. And, you know, it shows the number of times you wake up. Well, guess what? If you're on that memory foam mattress, you're going to be tossing and turning all night. And all these smartwatch applications now rate your sleep based on how many times you toss and turn. Guess what? Your sleep's going to go, your, your, your quality of sleep is going to drop down substantially because you're going to just be tossing and turning all night. 
um, and, uh, and sleeping hot. So it's triggering a wake-up mechanism, uh, everything bad about it. Um, but it was cool technology. It is cool. I mean, technology in that, when I say cool, not cool, but, you know, it was sort of nice technology in its day in that it could relieve those pressure points. So it, it solves one of two major problems, but then it creates a new problem in that it takes a set and doesn't readjust and it sleeps hot. So it solves one problem, creates a new problem, which is set and leave and, and also exacerbates the problem of sleeping hot. So sure. big fiction. It's not, it's not, I would never, never recommend a memory foam mattress, but again, let me put a footnote to everything. People, some people, you know, we, we tell people that return it. We basically say, thanks for trying. Nothing works for everybody. So we may have a mattress that works for 80% of the population, but 20% of the population, some are going to want to sleep on your waterbed. Some are going to want to sleep on memory foam. Some are going to want to sleep on a cotton futon that, you know, maybe it came from India. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why there are, you know, we will never, we will never, um, create a product that's good for hundred percent of the population. I aim for 80, but those 20% will always, they'll return mattresses. They'll want to sleep on water beds. They'll want to sleep on, and maybe they like memory. Mode. Yeah. No one's liked by a hundred percent of people, including Bob and Brad. Almost Bob. They're, <laughs> they're, they're a 99, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, my last quick question is what are the top three things someone should look for when they're going to buy a mattress? Top three things. Okay. I'll give you, you know, and I've said multiple times in this, in this podcast is that number one, it better be made in the USA and not only made, you know, avoid words like, um, assembled in the USA, you want it 100% USA manufactured from USA components. Um, and, and that's real simple. Why again, you're spending eight hours a night on this thing. You've got to be worried about what's outgassing and everything else. And it's real, real simple. It's got to be 100% uh, USA made. Number two is you want to sleep on a mattress that relieves pressure. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you we're the only ones who do that, you know, that relieve pressure points. It is potentially achievable on something like memory foam, despite the other problems. Maybe you find a, a person who sleeps on their back 100% of the time, never changes position. Okay, maybe that works for them. Uh, but you need a mattress that um, definitely, I mean, one is USA, two is it has to be able to relieve the pressure points. Um, Bob and Brad and a million of their things show how that's so important. You can't have high pressure points because if you have a high, if you're lying on a mattress and it has a high pressure point, guess what? You're going to wake up feeling like not well. Um, I always tell people before I get to my third point is that they say, do I need a new mattress? I say, here's a simple test. Do you wake one? Do you sleep well? If you sleep well, okay. Two, do you wake up in any form of pain? If you go to bed and don't have the pain and you wake up in pain, the first thing you should do is get a new mattress. It's that simple. Because if, if, if at the start of the night 
you don't have this ailment. And at the end of the night, you do. Guess what? It's your mattress. Um, so then the third thing is you need your mattress to sleep cool. You need a decent airflow. You need it to sleep cool. Because again, wake up mechanism. If you're sleeping hot, you are not going to sleep well. You are going to wake multiple times during the night. It's almost like um, if you have a sleep apnea where you have breathing problems and you wake up multiple times at night before you get a CPAP machine or something, you're going to feel exhausted in the morning because you woke up that many times. Guess what? If you're sleeping on a hot mattress, you're going to also have a similar problem. Not quite. It's not dangerous. It's not like, you know, I stop breathing at night, but it 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 is triggering wake up mechanisms numerous times over the night. Um, and, and it's not unlike the pressure points. Pressure points can also be triggering. If you're all of a sudden you're a pain, you're going to shift positions. You're shifting positions 70 times at night. My my smartwatch would say I had a bad night's sleep because it's measuring how many times, you know, I move around how many times. So so the three things. It's got to be USA components manufactured, not assembled, manufactured in the U.S. and 100% U.S. components because that's just a health and safety issue. I mean, you just can't spend your, you know, a third of your life on something that might be killing you. Number two is it's got to be relieving um, the pressure points because if you have high pressure points, there's a good chance you're going to wake up in the morning feeling worse than you did when you went to bed as far as certain things, aches and pains. And number three is airflow and sleeping hot. Um, and, you know, I, I'll give you a fourth only because I need to put a fourth in there. You want something that you can clean because, again, it won't affect you in the first few months. But after years of all this garbage collecting in your mattress, you want to be able to wash the cover. I think those are four good tips. Sorry, I couldn't keep it to three. My <laughs> big problem is, is I over talk on everything. I mean, if you ask me a technical question now, we could sit here and discuss it for two hours. It doesn't fit into the timeline of a podcast. Oh, you're fine. So where could people find out more information about Sleep Ovation at? Okay. So we're at www.sleepovation.com, S-L-E-E-P-O-V-A-T-I-O-N.com. Everything's available there. I think Bob and Brad have links. Um, you know, we, uh, Bob and Brad have a monthly giveaway of a sleep evasion mattress and pillows. And I think the links are on their site. Um, so you can get to us through Bob and Brad. You can get to us through um, uh, going directly to our site. Bob and Brad also have a, there. you're sort of guaranteed to have the Best deal on any time we have it using Famous PT um, as a checkout code. So you know, the nice thing about using a Bob and Brad code is you're guaranteed you're getting our best deal. Yeah, they'll, everything will be linked below if you're interested in purchasing or just go to their site directly. All right. Well, thank you, Richard, for joining us today. Do you have any last remarks? Um, no, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure, Mike. I, I like doing podcasts. I'd like to have like a three hour one where I could, you know, <laughs> go into the technical details, but you can get a lot of that on our site. So uh, you, you can pick it up, but uh, no, it's a, it's a great, I think it's a great uh, venue for us to get the, you know, talk about a boring subject like mattresses. But again, you spend 20, you know, eight hours a day, 365 days a year on it. And I know it's boring, but it's important. Yeah. All those people are going to buy a new mattress. This is a good listen. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing just is that, you know, people, 
the average mattress purchase time is over seven years. So Jeez. yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? People don't buy average time, a little over seven years. So to spend a third of your life on something you're only purchasing every seven years and not give it a serious amount of thought as to, you know, safety, comfort, health, it, it's insane. Nothing else in your life would you do that. It's, you know, I mean, how much time you spend thinking about your car and you probably replace that every three, four five years. You know, it's just it's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mike. It's a pleasure.